Another question, should the foreign affairs minister have been the welcoming committee for that 18-year-old Saudi teen who arrived on Saturday? That's That's an easy one. That's a resounding no. And I don't care what government it is, but I don't know what the prime minister's office was thinking in sending Freeland to Pearson to meet uh, Rahaf Mohammed Al-Kunin, who now has asylum status and will now call Canada home. They're right to bring her here, no question. But I think they totally overplayed their hand. Because what other than using this girl and showing her off as a trophy is to be gained by one of the highest profile ministers you know, going out and getting a a nice shot with them. I mean, this is a girl that soundly rejected Islam. That made headlines around the world. By the way, that is a crime punished by death in the kingdom. So why is the prime minister's top minister not only marching her out for the world to see, but it's the same minister who poked Saudi Arabia in the eye, which started this whole fight between our countries. You know, she lectured them on what they should do with their female activists. And the kingdom didn't like that, and they made it clear. And so you've got this top minister who kind of appears to be poking a stick in the eye of the kingdom and putting this teen front and center, whose life has been threatened, not just by her family, but there will be many in the Islamic faith that would happily get rid of her because of her stance and, and the shame they will see her bring to Islam. So... To me, it's just simply not a smart move. It's not a partisan thing. And it's not just me scratching my head. Even the ambassador, the guy who was tossed out of the kingdom because of Miss Freeland's tweet, even he does not think this is smart. He was, of course, uh, Dennis Horak, the former ambassador to Saudi Arabia. He joined our morning show this morning, and, and here's how he sees the situation. I would not have advised the minister to go out to meet her, or if she did, to go out to meet her, but not in front of the cameras. But, the, I mean, the minister is going to go there. If there's cameras, they're, they're going to go in front of it. That's politics. I get that. Um, but I would advise not. I think this should be this should be a low profile, especially, uh, I don't think there, there's a huge amount of damage, but the, uh, the, the minister's presence there on Saturday, it's about going forward. And, and do we continue to make this a... a, a Political issue? Do we meet? Do we try and use this as a diplomatic uh, mallet to bash the Saudis? I mean, I think that will sort of have a longer-term impact on, or a more intense impact on on the, the possible efforts to rebuild the relationship. I don't think it's it's. There's nothing to be gained by it, and certainly there's nothing to be gained for her. I mean, she's, as you mentioned, she's been through an ordeal. She's got a long road ahead of her in terms of trying to. Uh, establish herself here in Canada. I don't think it serves her interest. It doesn't serve Canada's interest to make her the poster child for everything that's wrong with Saudi Arabia. That is uh, Dennis Horak. So if, you, so if you don't agree with my opinion, and I wrote that, by the way, over the weekend, so I didn't even hear his comment. I opened the book today and I was reading the papers and stuff, and oh, yeah, look who agrees with me. Okay, so it's not just me saying this. It was not a smart move. And I hope it's not a pattern. I hope no one, I don't care who you are, don't use her as a trophy. Let her live her life. Let her find her way. And we'll move on. Jagmeet Singh. Oh, boy. How do you solve a problem like Jagmeet Singh? How do you? I don't think you can, to be honest with you. Uh, over the weekend, uh, he, he, didn't just, he didn't just fall flat. I mean, he fell on his face. And uh, I think this is, uh, it's just, the, it's one in many, many bad interviews. But this is, ugh. This was bad. 
because the NDP leader who is, you know, he's about to go to the polls in Burnaby, B.C. If he doesn't win this by-election in Burnaby, B.C., if he can't win this by-election, he has no business running that party. I mean, I don't think he has any business being leading that party now anyway. However, he's in full campaign mode. So when you make a media appearance, make it count. But here is the question. This is not a this is not a trick question. He was asked a very, very straightforward question on a very relevant issue that is making headlines every single day on every single news outlet in the entire country. Take a listen to this and his response. Chinese ambassador to Canada put out an editorial that accused Canada of having a double standard. They've detained two Canadians after Canada detained the uh, one of the business executives from Huawei as you know, in Vancouver. But the ambassador from China accused Canada of, quote, white supremacy. If you were the prime minister, what would you say to the Chinese right now? Sorry, who accused who of uh, white supremacy? Ooh, yeah. I did rewind that a few times. Because then you get asked the question again. This is the article last week that came out. It was written, you know, by one of these top Chinese officials, and they said and basically called Canadians white supremacy. What's your answer? And then he talked about Trump. I was like, what the hell is he talking? I don't, maybe he can't hear anything. But it was a weird answer. He is in trouble. And if he can't get this right eight months out to an election, then he has no business being a leader of that party. Period. I want to bring Carl Belanger into this conversation because he's got lots and lots of uh, experience working in NDP circles. Uh, Certainly, he's the interim national director of the New Democrat Party of Canada, but he also worked for that guy, Tom Mulcair, a guy that would not need explaining about China. He joins us now. Carl, you've got an awful lot of uh, experience in politics. I have to think that, that heads must have been exploding within the NDP party after seeing that interview. Uh, it was not a good interview, that's for sure. Uh, listen, I mean, people uh, fumble balls all the time in politics. You know, you, you miss a question, you misunderstand, uh, you misspoke, you say too much, you give the wrong answer. The problem for Jagmeet Singh is that it's not the first time. Mm-hmm. It's an accumulation of problems when he comes to answer some questions in the media. And, and, and it started to create a perception that Jagmeet Singh is not able to play at the same level as the other party leaders. And and that's bad news for the NDP, of course. Of course it is. I mean, you're going into, uh, he's about to go into an election. If he doesn't win that seat in Burnaby, B.C., uh, I don't see how he survives. But at this point, I mean, we are, what, eight and a half, nine months out to an election? Even if he gets elected, Carl, can he uh, take this, this party into the next uh, election? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the reality that, that uh, Jagmeet Singh's learning curve has been steeper than maybe some of his uh, team and supporters were anticipating uh, is, is uh, pretty harsh right now for, for New Democrats. Um, if he wins in Burnaby, I mean, I think I expect that he will stay on for, for, for the general election. If he loses, he's gone. Uh, that said, uh, the big question is, uh, when is he going to be able to turn it on? When is he going to be able to deliver on the promises he showed during the leadership race? Because remember, during the leadership race, he was the one fundraising the most money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was getting the crowds excited. Uh, people were enthusiastic about the prospect of Jagmeet Singh. And even in the media for a while, there was a lot of praises about, about his candidacy. That has all uh, fizzled away now. 
if he wins in Burnaby South and he becomes an MP, he's going to be an MP for three months and a half before the House goes in, uh, in recess for the summer, right before the election. So is that enough time to turn the ship around? I don't know. Right. Okay. Um, and you yourself, I mean, one of your parts of your job uh, working with the NDP when you worked for uh, Thomas Mulcair, uh, your job would have been to making sure that he knew everything. He was prepped. He had his, his notes. He was up on the issues. So that's your that's the job. Someone would have prepped Mr. Um, Singh for that interview. He should know that kind of stuff. It should just drip off his tongue. And yet to be caught so flat-footed, I'm not sure that he can get the learning curve of this, because the basics he doesn't have. Well, you know, he should have known about the issue, but even if he didn't know, I mean, the way yeah, that yeah. Uh, Osta Ibn Solomon asked the right. question was fairly straightforward. China says Canada is acting because white supremacy. Uh, that's ridiculous. You just say it's ridiculous, and you hit it out of the park, and then you can go on your main messaging right. after having answered the questions and pivoted to your main message. That's fine. I mean, you cannot cover every single issue that can arise in an interview. It's really, really hard. But it has to be an ongoing conversation with your principal, where you, you know, you, they, they have a basic knowledge of the main issues of the day, and mm-hmm. they've heard a little bit about these things. Now, of course, I don't know what Mr. Singh's uh, uh, reading habits are. I don't know if spent times on, on the internet to, to peruse the news. I don't know if you watch the daily newscast. I have no idea. But if he doesn't, he needs to do it, and, and he needs to be a little more sure-footed when issues arise, even if he's not fully comfortable with these issues. Like, there's a way to pivot from the questions and to move on to your message, even if you don't actually know the the, all the ins and outs of a particular given, uh, any particular issue. Yeah, well, I, I'm not as forgiving because for a guy who wants to lead this country in eight months, if he doesn't know China and the, the issues facing our country, then he has no business being in politics, which then begs the question, what is going on in the background of that party? You, you had a leader, you had Thomas Mulcair, who may not have won any popularity contest, but he was extremely smart and very capable. And you've had other uh, members of that party, whether it be Nathan Culler or anyone else, who do have a grasp on the issues um, and have to be feeling very frustrated. So what is going on behind the scenes uh, for the NDP? And should they be dumping him, frankly, as leader? Well, all eyes are on Burnaby. And, and that move, remember, that when he announced that he was going to run in Burnaby South, uh, it was at a time where there was a lot of pressure on Jagmeet Singh. There was a lot of discontent. There was some caucus management issues. Uh, some some MPs uh, were punished, and, and then they were unpunished. And, and then there was some, uh, you know, lots of rumbling. So uh, I guess the team decided that uh, now was the time to, to see, seek a seat in the House and try to to release some of that pressure that was building internally. But uh, things have not been improving as fast as they should have. And now uh, people say, well, you know, there's no way they can dump a leader uh, so close to the election. And to that, I say... Patrick Brown. Just look, <laughs> just look to Patrick Brown and yeah. Doc Ford, right? Yes. It can be yeah. done. Um, now, the question Democrats have to ask themselves is that, is this the right guy to lead us into the next election? Right now, we're looking at a very, very... Uh, a uh, unique chance that this NDP leader could be the first one to preside over a second consecutive loss uh, in terms of seats in the next election. That yes. has never happened for the federal NDP or for its ancestor, the CCF, and that should be very worrisome, especially when you look at all those seats in Quebec that are in jeopardy right now, mm-hmm. uh, because Mr. Singh is partly not able to connect with Quebecers in the way that Tom Mulcair or Jack Layton were able to.
Yeah. Well, I've got to get going, Carl, but you should tell your own boss to uh, save the party. I think they need it. (laughs) Not my boss anymore. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. That is Carl Belanger. By the way, Mr. Singh, he could do a lot of help for you guys. I'm just saying. That is Carl Belanger uh, giving us the inside scoop on what's going to happen with that situation. We'll be watching here on Point on Global News Radio.